Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Evan. And I'm Chad. And you're joining us today for our recap and discussion of Crown of Midnight, book two in the Throne of Glass series by Sarah J. Moss. All right, so I'm going to be totally honest here. I was so relieved at the end of this book. I was so relieved that this wasn't going to be seven books of solving mysteries in a castle, because two yeah. books of it is like totally cool with me i i don't i don't think i could have done a third one we need to move nope. out we need to go like somewhere the catacombs else. have catacombs <laughs> yeah uh, i was getting a little bit sick of it to be honest uh and i was just i just felt kind of like confined and i think that totally towards the end it's like okay no we're we're sending selena off a lot of things have been revealed to us so I, I was just I was stoked on the end. I thought the ending was like really, really cool. Yeah. And you really nailed your prediction last uh, episode where you said, I think that the world is about to expand in a major way. Boy, did it ever not yeah, just in storyline, yeah. but in like our knowledge of the political maneuverings of like nearby kingdoms. And I'm excited to see more of this world because we're really we've seen like mines and then castle. the castle. And I feel like it, it doesn't really get mentioned to us enough that the castle is made from glass. I feel like that should be like uh, capitalized nice. on, like told yeah. to us more often, because I forget totally. And like, how does that, can you see into every room? Like what? Yeah, I'm not really sure exactly how that works. I know it's just, I just picture it as like this gigantic, like when I, when I think of like a glass castle, I mean, it's, I think that the glass is like so thick that you can't see through it, maybe. It's crystalline, it's just, it's yeah, like totally. It's like so structural, structurally sound, and it's even kind like of Like Crin Like, yeah, like Crin in the Crystal Shard. Uh, I think that in that there's like a dorian chapter where he you know discovers that he has magic which we're totally going to talk about because it's very very interesting but very interesting it, dorian was like really surprised about it because of the structural integrity of this castle you know so i picture like an extremely like complex like i, I don't it's not just like a big box on top of a other castle you know what i mean totally uh, but it is weird you forget sometimes that we're like in a glass castle yeah i think the natural glass look is probably the way to go with like the kind of fogged with a lot of different like um facets you know like you said so it's so thick that the light can't go through but yeah i just kind of forget often that we're in a literal uh castle of glass and we don't go very many places so i feel like it would be nice to be mentioned so i could be like oh right the place that we're at is really cool and unique i think i like this book more than the first one for sure but i still didn't i'm i'm not loving it you know what i mean like i, yeah, I yeah. think that uh for me personally like i think that uh, a lot of the dialogue is like pretty clunky and it's kind of just a little cringy sometimes uh, some of it works really really well for me i think some of the jokes like especially like between selena and mort the the like the door knocker was like awesome mort was great I, I loved all of that um nehemia dying was really wow to left field for me like i just wasn't <sighs> expecting that at all it felt kind of like it felt bold in a way but also really lame to fridge yeah, yeah. the only person of color in the entire book i was just so gonna far, say like, i have a super cool and super not cool part of that and that's exactly what they were yeah like i was just i was really surprised about that 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 was um i appreciated the development and the whole scene was really interesting but like after thinking about it more i was like Ugh. something about it just kind of it gives me a little bit of a nick but totally we're gonna we're gonna see what else happens with uh, the following books because i've heard from many many people that the first two books in this series are just a little rough around the edges they're kind of kind of clinking you know, up the roller coaster hill right exactly that's a really good way of putting it we have assassin's blade after this which is a short story or novella collection which is a prequel to the first book which will apparently explain a whole lot of things that are that kind of have to do with selena i think personally like and we're going to get into this after the recap but i think that selena's character just moss just doesn't seem to have like a super good grasp on Selena's character it's just like everything right now it's everything, I, would, I would, yeah. would really like to see it like focused a little bit more right like is she an extrovert or an introvert I, I couldn't know tell I don't know yeah, like, I don't I, know it's just it like literally like whatever works whatever you can think of that is what Selena is and totally, it's kind of making totally. me like not really care that much but I, mm -mm. she's just gonna be fine no matter what but I do like and obviously we're gonna get right into the recap after this but I do think it's cool that in typical Sarah J. Moss fashion, she definitely shows, you know, PTSD, a little bit of like depression and trauma after the traumatic events that happened in the first book. I think that Moss has always been really consistent with that kind of stuff. And it was really awesome to see in this book, too. So, I mean, I'm just I'm really excited to kind of see uh, the progression of, you know, Moss's uh writing you know as these books go on and then also just kind of you know like we said before the world expanding the characters expanding and uh, the plot thickening 
agree with almost everything that you just said. You know, talking about Masa's strengths and weaknesses, communication is both her strength and that emotional oh communication is so good. Like, yeah. I know what those characters are feeling. I'm feeling it with them. Even the way that they're like emotionally sharing their emotions with each other. Uh, but as far as her actual words and dialogue, it can be a little choppy sometimes. And I feel like she just, I don't know, there are certain dynamics where I'm like, people don't talk like that. <laughs> yeah. And then also, you know, <laughs> when you're talking about communication, I do think there's some kind of like, wouldn't it be better if he just said this? And then, we, you know, and yeah. then it's, it's, it's like, I feel like there's kind of this, this forced drama sometimes by like not communicating certain things, which we're going to talk about after the recap. But I think that it's so funny that Moss is so amazing at writing these character relationships. We've seen it in Akatar. We're already starting to see it with this, but also her dialogue can just be so weird. And also the way that people decide to give each other information can be so weird. Totally, and yet still, like making fun of them. <laughs> but, but we're still so invested in these people. So oh, it's, just, yeah. it's amazing how she's able to do it. But let's, uh, let's, let's tear right into the recap and then talk more in depth about some of the specifics about Crown of Midnight. Let's do it. By winning the King's Tournament in Throne of Glass, Selena is bound to serve as the King of Adairland's assassin for four years. The novel opens with Selena on a mission to assassinate a man named Lord Nerol. But she stages Nerol's death and lets him go free. When Selena reports to the King, he gives her the name of her next target, Archer Finn, a handsome and popular courtesan Selena knew years past. Selena spends the next several weeks following Archer and learns more about him and the alleged rebel movement. When Selena tells him the king sent her to kill him, Archer claims he is not a rebel. He sneaks her into a ball the following night, where she finds a riddle in the host's office. The riddle takes her to Queen Elena's tomb, where Elena and Mort, a magical door knocker, guide her with tasks while urging her to accept her destiny. When Selena solves the riddle, she's only rewarded with a second one, which greatly frustrates her. Selena's relationships deepen and grow more complex. After she plans a birthday dinner for Kale, the captain of the guard, their friendship turns to romance. This damages her friendship with Prince Dorian, the king's son, as Dorian is quickly jealous of Kale. Selena cherishes her friendship with Nehemia, princess of Elwi. She opens up to the princess about everything that's happened in the glass castle, and this honesty brings them closer as they work to solve the riddles together. As Dorian begins to defy his father, he discovers that he has magic. He visits the library, and Baba Yellowlegs, a witch who comes to the castle with a carnival, to find answers and learn to control his power. Dorian knows his father will execute him if he finds out about Dorian's magic. Nehemia asks Selena to help her save people and restore the King of Elway to his throne. Selena, however, only seeks her own freedom. She refuses because she thinks it's a lost cause to fight the king of Aderlin. Nehemia calls her a coward, and their relationship is damaged. This stays with Selena for the rest of the novel, inspiring her to finally see herself as the leader she must become. One day, Kale goes missing. Selena finds a ransom note in his room, so she goes to the address listed and fights her way to Kale. She discovers that Archer was behind the kidnapping. But she also learns that the king intended to question Nehemia about rebel activity, something Kale knew but didn't tell Selena. She rushes back to the castle to find Nehemia dead. Selena's grief causes her to lose control. She attacks Kale, enraged by his dishonesty. Before she gets knocked unconscious by a guard, Selena tells Kale he will always be her enemy. After a few weeks, Selena hunts down Grave, Nehemia's killer. She finds him and tortures him until he explains who hired him. She kills Grave and takes his head to the king, accusing Minister Mullison of orchestrating the assassination. This gains Selena the king's respect and trust. The stress of losing Nehemia helps heal her friendship with Dorian. Selena remains cold towards Kale, but she slowly softens as time passes. 
To solve the second riddle, Selena goes to Baba Yellowlegs. She learns about the word, word keys, and the word gate, extremely powerful and dangerous magic. She realizes the king has at least one of the word keys, which is likely the source of his power. Baba Yellowlegs mentions Dorian while they talk, and Selena kills her, both to save herself and to protect Dorian's secrets. Selena realizes that the second riddle tells the location of the word keys. She goes to Elena's tomb and discovers the word key is missing, confirming the king has it. She then opens a portal to talk to Nehemia's spirit. As Nehemia disappears, Archer enters the chamber. He explains how he posed as Minister Mullison and hired Grave to kill Nehemia, whom he thought was detrimental to his plan. He also explains that he set Kale up to gain Selena's trust. Selena attacks Archer and accidentally reopens the portal. A monster emerges as Kaol and Dorian enter the chamber. Archer flees, leaving the three friends to fight the monster. Dorian and Selena go look for a way to close the portal, but the monster drags Selena's dog Fleetfoot inside, and Kaol follows. Selena sees this and follows Kaol and the monster. Once in the other world, Selena changes into her fey form and chases the monster away. Selena, Kale, and Fleetfoot return to their world and seal the portal. Kale realizes the danger Selena is in by staying at court, so he convinces the king to send her to Wendelin to assassinate the royal family there. The king agrees. On the docks, just before boarding a ship, Selena tells Kale everything she has uncovered, including the word keys and word gate. She tells him she must come back to Rifthold to stop the king. After Selena leaves, Kale returns to her room and discovers she is Aelin Galathinius, the lost queen of Terrasin, and a major threat to the kingdom. Dun 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 dun! If she wasn't a threat being the world's baddest assassin, she's now a double threat! Well, I think that that leads us nicely into talking about uh, Kale, which I think is how you pronounce his name. It's like chaos, but... There's no S, there's an L, it's Kale. So that's I'm, how I'm going to... You can pronounce it however you want, Chad. No, no, no. I, Yours is the best way. I just always forget <laughs> and I'm lazy, so I just keep going back to Kale, like the vegetable, you know? I want to talk about Kale and Selena and their relationship. I wasn't expecting them to hook up. Uh, I have pretty mixed feelings about it, but also, I mean, it, it's cool. Like, it's it's fine, I guess, in, a, in its own way. Um, I think that Kale got a lot more interesting in this book and just their dynamic in general got a lot more interesting for me personally one of the reasons that i thought kale was a little more interesting on this book was because of his relationship with his dad which i thought was definitely like those were cool chapters there were only a couple of them but i i was definitely a lot more endeared to kale and then also selena is really dangerous for him to be fraternizing with uh, even before he finds out more about how much of a threat she could pose to uh, Aderlin. And we have to remember, too, that Kale gave, abdicated his position as a lord of this, uh, I can't remember the, where he's from, but as a lord of this um, region that he's from, he gave up that position to serve this king of Aderlin. So, like, Aderlin is now his homeland. Aderlin is where his loyalties lie. But he's also, he's scout. It's kind of interesting, though. I mean, I really like what Sarah J. Moss is like really setting up here because he is extremely devoted to Selena and also extremely devoted to Aderlin. So, yeah, yeah. Like, I, th I think that he got like 10 times more interesting for me personally uh, in this book. Because in the first book, I thought he was just kind of like grumpy, you know, and I was like, okay, yeah, he's grumpy, you know. Ooh. Wow. I'm glad you said that actually, because I was he gets a little protecty of uh oh, Selena, yeah. you know, and so oh, yeah. I kind of I had in my brain of just like, oh great, now we've got this character who's like only defined and motivated by like trying to protect this person no, at great personal risk. But you're right, we did have some chapters where we got to meet his dad. There is a little bit more depth going on there. And one of my questions to you that I have in my notes here was like, why do you think he is so loyal? To the king, he's because like the king is like not know. a good guy ever. Yeah, uh, like he's not like Bill Clinton, who's like super it's charming. Weird. I want to find out more about that. Yeah, I think it's probably hinted at a tiny bit with like the king definitely seems to prefer Kale to Dorian, and I think that oh. like there's a certain and like we saw like certain 
issues with Kaol and his own father. And so I'm thinking like maybe that might not be the reason why Kaol decided to go to Art Aderlin, but it's why he's staying maybe and why right. his loyalty is so fierce. So I think that I, I think we might also have not gotten enough information about all that yet. You know. Totally. I'm glad that you said that, though, because I was I was boxing him in and it wasn't fair. Someone who I did think got a lot more interesting also was uh, Dorian. Oh, yeah, because he gets kind of done a little dirty. I feel like she's like, I can't be with you because it wouldn't just wouldn't be professional. And then like immediately gets with his friend. It's like that's more professional, I guess. Whatever. Uh, it's kind of <laughs> hurtful, you know, because he even brings it up. He's like, yeah, well, you're trying to like become the champion. I guess I'm your guy. But as soon as you get what you want, totally. I'm out. And it's like he's not really wrong. I know it's not for those reasons, but it, the timing is not a good look. You know, it's funny. You had mentioned in the the previous podcast episode that you thought that. And I was I was <laughs> kind of like failing to see like why that was so bad. But then the way that Dorian like thinks about it in this book, I was like, oh yeah, that is pretty shitty actually. Yeah. Like that is like that is pretty. I mean, it's not it's not like objectively shitty. It's it's just like I can see why Dorian would be frustrated about that for sure. <laughs> um, but also, I still kind of stand by the fact that Selena and Kale are on much more level like offices. You know what I mean? Like they totally like, their their station is the same. Their yeah. station, I should say. Yeah, I mean like. Selena hooking up with the prince who to be totally fair is like a known like party boy you know what I totally. mean like I, I could totally see from Selena's perspective that like yeah I mean like it, it, so put yourself in Selena's uh, point of view it's like do you want to go with the kind of like more consistent but yet kind of grumpy but also equally hot guy who's like seems right. obviously really loyal to you or do you want to go with the party boy who says he really loves you but like you know, right. really it's literally have, getting handed lists of eligible women. <laughs> I mean, I could totally see. And also not to, not not just that, but also the prince being in this higher station which would only serve to like complicate Selena's life even more by For her sure. dating him. So like I super understand like where her and and honestly, I think that she likes Kale more. I think she just likes his personality. Is it, I I might be a little bit off base here, but it seems I like she likes the stability. I think she's just a, it just feels more natural with kale like it just feels better like i think that uh dorian is just a little bit too much you know and doesn't really yeah. i don't think dorian like really understands selena you know um i think he wants to yeah and when they're together he's like on her arm not her on his arm you know he's like kind of the pretty boy like <laughs> look at me you know yeah I mean, he's very pretty you know I, that's another thing that i noticed about this book is that uh everybody's beautiful everyone's you know? beautiful like uh roland is beautiful baba uh, yaga just like killing her 80 year old game you know? <laughs> <laughs> like um like as soon as archer shows up Selena's just like man i have such you know i i really love kale and i even kind of love dorian but archer oh my god he's so Archer's hot the most, he's like, the most uh, beautiful man <laughs> it's just like okay i guess everybody's just uh, all right yeah fucking the more, same thing happens when, beautiful. Uh, the skull is beautiful you it's know, like when riesland showed up in akatar is like or riesland yes yeah, yeah. Just like, oh, the most pretty, the most beautifulest. Uh, so I thought Dame, uh, I thought uh, Dorian was a pretty interesting character with his magic. What do you think's going on there? Okay. Yeah, okay. totally. Go ahead. So maybe you can help me clear this up because there's obviously different types of magic we have going on here because the king and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that it's not just like magic is outlawed by the king. It's like, no, magic is turned off in this area. No one can do it. But word magic which is explained in the first book is different than the magic that was turned off though it's like still yeah. obviously a type of has magic has not been and explained then, very well yeah yeah and then like <laughs> dorian now has like a type of magic that just seems like regular magic like moving stuff with his mind and, and you know but like obviously it's got to be a different type of magic too so we just have like a very large variety of magics i think it's the kind that got shut off i think that it's explained um that dorian and even the king's like line you know oh the lineage okay yeah it's like there was magic like way back in there you know what well, i mean yeah but that's why uh, you would have magic talent but right, how but would you get through I, the barrier i don't know i don't know like what is going on like, mechanically okay. right now with all of that um, <laughs> sure. I, I think um obviously like dorian's like really freaked out about it that actually leads really well into the question that i wanted to ask you uh, regarding dorian finding out that he has this magic power personally i think it's really awesome uh, yeah. because he's he's like exactly the kind of character that I would want to watch explore getting yes. this because he was kind of he wasn't like boring before but he was a little one-dimensional before and like 
now he's, he's got to light this stuff to on fire with his mind yeah, from time to time. He's kind of a dork, <laughs> yeah. so I kind of want to see like the the dork in the book kind of like get the magic power. I'm super into that. But also, I mean, do you really think that the king would actually kill his own, like murder his own son if he found out the Dorian was magic? I don't know. No, not a chance. I think the king is doing magic. I think he's hoarding really? magic. He didn't turn hoarding it off. Magic. Okay. He's hoarding. He just wants it for him. And I think that if he thinks that he can turn uh, Dorian more on his side, then he's like, I can use him as a magical pawn. Or maybe there's an element of like my legacy that I pass on. I want him to also be like an evil magic lord, you know? Totally. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm kind of feeling that too. I, I mean, I think yeah. that it, it totally makes sense that Dorian would be worried because the king is terrible. Like he's just the worst in Dude, every sing a song about magic <laughs> <laughs> i know oh my god that the was awful. in the party i yeah. hated that like i i was i was definitely very like oh there's that woman's probably not gonna last the night i didn't think there was gonna be a scene you know what i mean right like that then. was oh gosh that was so brutal uh okay another question uh i think it's time that we kind of like move from uh dorian and kale and move over to selena the main character i want to talk about her for a little bit lots of stuff happened with selena uh, that everything happened with Selena. Everything happened with Selena. I'm glad the world's not bigger at this point in the story, honestly. <sighs> okay. We'll be running all over the place. I, I think that... Um, okay, I have a lot of thoughts about Selena. Okay, so... Ooh, dump them out, baby. I think it's... First of all, I think it's very weird that Selena knew the entire time that she was the lost queen of Terrison, but what? we the now reader didn't mad know at her for like, holding out on me. I don't know, man. I think that's, like, pretty weak. I think that's pretty totally. weak. Super like, duper weak. And I think that you could argue very weakly you could argue that it, it was hinted at when she was concerned when they were talking about uh, Aelin Garethinian or whatever before they, she was like genuinely like oh no they're ah like I I know that name you know what I mean but it's just right it's just you think so... when she runs into the queen she'd be like yo queen what's up like I'm your great great right, great something... great great like they'd bond over that or something I don't know man I think it's like a little ham-fisted personally totally because she uh... feels all alone in the world and it's like no well like queen Maeve over in Wendelin who you're going to is like your aunt like, <laughs> like yeah, you're not all uh... alone <sighs> okay okay so there's that I mean I don't have an issue with it on the actual thing no you know, no i, I just I feel misled I, yeah exactly like i'm very yeah. cool I'm, if anything i'm more excited to read these now because of this totally. development like i don't have a problem with the development at all i have a problem with the way it was packaged to me i feel kind of like insulted yes. almost it's just yeah, like yeah geez like you're just gonna toss that in at the very like last three paragraphs of your okay whatever and you knew the entire time like come on that's right it'd be like if your character was just like fighting swords the whole time the last scene he like pulls out a gun and he's like i just did it because i love to fight swords you're like dude ah, <laughs> you like, had a gun so this lame. entire time yeah, are you kidding me right now uh, anyway um we could talk about that forever but i think it's just the way it is you <laughs> know what can't. i mean we just have to like deal with it okay also why did selena whisper the date her parents died into kale's ear like if she knew that information would lead him to finding out who she was then why wouldn't she just tell him like it I don't I know it's like the same so... thing with last book with the queen Elena being like here's a riddle of wordplay magic trickery it's like dude if you're trying to help her and it takes like a lot of energy to come back from the other realm like dead Seriously. to tell her something don't do it in a riddle like <laughs> like, I, it, like it's, it's funny too because Kale like Kale like goes back to the room and he's just like oh my god oh, this is crazy like my reaction would definitely be that uh, certainly but I'd also be like why didn't she just tell me when she left like why did she have to be so dramatic and extra about yeah, like, it? So like, cryptic about it yeah you knew I would get there so like you just like, not want to see me being like not have to answer any follow-ups okay that whole scene was a little ridiculous because she's like hey so I know my ship's about to leave and like 45 seconds but i'm gonna fill you in on everything that i haven't told you in the last two books in the course of that 45 seconds yeah. allow you to ask zero follow-ups and then i'm out of here and i'm gonna bounce <laughs> uh and he's like I, I did like the line though where he says i love you and then she says i'm sorry i liked that a lot it yeah, had a lot yeah, of totally. weight to it that was it was a very good line and i really appreciated totally. it uh, totally she's still protecting him though she loves him yeah doesn't she say something like i'll come back for you or something yeah like she does which like, is like don't just say that without clarifying because that means you're going to be gone for like what how long we're in the old land so like uh, you know a trip's going to take a couple months so like you're asking me to just like wait for you but you didn't really define what that's going to look like so it's like this arbitrary wait for me in this unknown amount of time for an unknown purpose uh i do understand kale setting her sending her away though like that totally makes sense but also like ah man you kind of like 
gave her a, a pretty weird job to do while she's over there like <laughs> you kind of like yeah. burdened her with the job of murdering her family so like i mean <laughs> like, yeah oh, and like, like i don't know it's maybe he's just confident that she's going to be able to not do that or something you know I don't dude know. she's been not killing this whole book which i want to have a conversation about but not quite this this yeah, second we'll get there in a minute with the him sending her away and him being such an eagle scout to the current leadership um it, he's also kind of like sending her or has now sent her to the, the only place that she could actually kind of rally the troops and gain support and oh, like yeah. maybe be able to Absolutely. like raise an army no, you're you know 100% so he's like percent right might have not done the best thing for the kingdom which is like kind of hurting his little eagle Ooh. scout self which i fully don't understand maybe that explains why selena didn't tell him outright on the docks but she like still wanted him to know but maybe oh, she was worried that yeah maybe she was worried that he would stop her because of that like because but it's because like when he gets there he's like oh shit like she's so much <laughs> yeah. more powerful and has so much more totally. potential than i thought she did she was all like, there's like a part like kind of in the middle of the book where he's like damn like she's so formidable she could be a real threat to all of this you know but then totally. later at the very end of the book he's i think that's why he like falls to his knees because he's like i fucked up so hard yeah. like oh my god okay so that actually i just took everything works. and catalyzed it that kind of works actually i'm not as um incredulous about her telling him in that really cryptic way but i still think it was a little dramatic and cryptic so that's just, totally totally that's just me yeah 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 um okay so let's talk about the her wild aversion to killing She's the seasoned professional. Oh, I have an answer for that. Yeah. And then she, yeah. I mean, I kind of do too. And so I'll just lay out what I think and you can kind of fill in the gaps for me. We are told that she is this, you know, infamous, like people, when when they realize they like put the timing of it, they can figure out which assassin she is by like how big of a deal it was that she was caught and put away. And then when she comes back and the king's like, I need you to kill all these people. She's just curious as to why, and I'm pretty sure that's the reason why, or did she like know everyone? Like, why was she not actually doing any of the killing? She seemed very averse to doing any of it when she should be pretty hardened at this point, you know? Because she she hates this guy. She doesn't want to help the king. You know what I mean? Like, she absolutely abhors this entire administration. Right, she but she want wants to do... freedom more. Yeah, totally. But if she can get away with not actually contributing to this horrible person's but agenda. why risk it? Because fuck that guy. He's already an assassin. I know, but what I'm saying is like, okay, so I I think I understand your logic in the sense that it's really risky. It's almost like Super not even worth risky. it. But also, he is like everything that she hates. You know what I mean? Like it's totally, totally. It's like like she would rather risk the idea of getting captured and tortured and executed than help this man with the things that he you know what i mean like so okay I, and I she totally knew at the time it. she was the queen and right. those people may exactly. be her supporters later on that makes a lot more sense to me okay dude like it makes a ton of sense that she wouldn't be killing people I, it's funny because like i've seen that criticism for this particular book like oh for an assassin she's not doing any assassinating it's like did you read the fucking book like do you understand like how much she hates this man but like, we don't i mean i get the hate thing but she wants her freedom more and she states that many like why would she even do this whole championship thing if she wasn't if you like can get away I will with do doing anything both. for my free but totally. yeah she wouldn't I don't think she would risk it, but now understanding that she's like, I'm actually killing the people who might be my supporters should I ever decide to come to powder, power, um, that makes a lot of sense to me for sure. I think it's both. Well, I mean, I, th I think it's her yeah. uh, like having an understanding that uh, you know, she's killing the very people that could help uh, depose this man, and also, fuck that guy. Like, you know right, what I mean? and she just... knew some of them, like Archer and stuff, you know? Which, yeah, Archer, okay, so I just stuck up for Selena so much, like, so hard, but I'm also going to be like, wait a minute how trusting are you gonna be of this guy like this many times in a row he's just like no i promise like i'm telling the truth and she's like okay but like i'll totally kill you if you're lying to me and he's just like totally and then he's like aha like i know you think i'm lying but like i'm totally not and she's like okay but like next time like you better like, not seriously though this next like, time dude, i'm oh my bringing God, your head man. straight to the king <laughs> <laughs> like i'm the he's most like, no, you won't. assassin I'm do whatever in the world I, want. I know he just literally he walks all over her like multiple over, times yeah. it's just I mean, and I think it's a little bit justified because he's she a courtesan. He's he's a courtesan. <laughs> like it's his whole job to lie to people and like put on a certain front. I, I think that Moss casting Archer as a courtesan and kind of like this other like tortured. That's someone who you thing. hire to like look good at parties, right? Totally. So yeah, okay. yeah. Um I, I get that. I do. But I think that this kind of leads me into another thing that like another kind of critique of these books is that 
Selena is just kind of whatever the plot needs her to be. You know what I mean? And it's totally. It's just like, and it's not just helpful not... and very harmful sometimes. It's very helpful when we need her to. Oh, go, I'm just talk. saying, like, she, she's just kind of like, she kind of seems a little bit ignorant and dumb when it's like uh, proactive and like, and like helps the plot along. You know what I mean? Like, her uh, and like the way that she deals with Archer, you know what I mean? Uh, it's just, it, it's really not in character for somebody who would be like the world's greatest assassin is for, totally. for her to be like deceived that thoroughly she's got no spycraft this this girl like she's getting nervous before like balls and sweating and stuff and it's like wouldn't you be trained a little bit in like like costumes and like how to you know blend in and she's just like i don't know she's bumping into stuff like also that part where she's like posted at this ball to like guard you know like yeah, kale yeah, yeah. like posts her outside and then he like she's goes not... over there and she's just like dancing by Waltzing. herself <laughs> yeah like cool nice work assassin next time i know like, you're gonna be killing somebody hard on the job up there like tap dancing like buffalo ball change yeah i mean right she's, <laughs> she's got a super important job to do and she's like perpetually on thin ice with the king you know what i mean like like she's she even admits like multiple times she's just like ah oh, everybody's looking at me like i better not fuck up you know and it's like okay right, well right. maybe you should probably do the job you the one job that's keeping your head on your shoulders instead of just dance i don't know and then it's just and then dorian's just standing up there like wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah but dorian is pretty awesome because he's just like all right you know what if that's the situation that's the situation dude you know, like i was he... so proud of him yeah i thought that was i was really cool. worried that we were going to get eight pages of like a friendship being destroyed nah, by this love triangle thing the cool. first time he sees them looking at each other he goes okay like that's like obviously makes sense the way that they're looking. He's like, wow, they're 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 feeling it for real. And then he was like, okay. And then he like goes inside of himself and he's like, and I'm over her. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna move on, you know. Which was pretty cool. That's some emotional maturity for a 19 year old guy. Like that's find me a 19 year old man that can do that. Yeah. <laughs> like literally, there is not a single one in the whole world that would be able to have that kind of like self awareness and emotional totally. maturity. That's the fantasy of this book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like Dorian being like, you know what? You know, I'm just going to do the healthy adult thing and just kind of like let this go. You know, <laughs> me at 19, like there's no fucking way, dude. I bet you Dorian would be so stoked to learn that she's the queen because it kind of takes the pressure off because he's kind of the prince. Right, like he yeah. doesn't want to be king. He just wants to keep playing, you know, and like be a super yeah. awesome like magic fun wizard, you know. And so I think with <laughs> uh, he's going to be stoked wizard. to learn that she's the actual queen. <clears throat> yeah. Speaking of that, I mean, kind of in line with what I was saying before. Um, and kind of at the top of this episode, what I was saying before, it's just like, I, I feel like Selena is just way too much of everything. And yeah. it's just, I don't know. I don't, it's just making it means me she's like, not one thing. I don't believe she's an assassin. Yeah. I mean, like she's the world's greatest assassin. She's the lost queen of Terrasin. She's a fae. She's she has fae magical powers. She's so beautiful that like nobles will just throw themselves at her feet from the second they see her they fall in love with her instantly camp. like I, don't, I just bill. it's like okay oh my god like it's just it's just everything and i don't know man like i just feel like it's it's just kind of lame like it's just kind of lame to just like dump right. like just pick one you know like pick strife some... and struggle is really what hones a character like that's where the real juice is is watching them overcome a weakness you know but but she like, does that to be fair that does happen and i think we'll see more of it in the pre in the prequels obviously weakness she overcome? i mean she was put in a slave camp for a year like, oh well, yeah but she didn't like overcome like that wasn't like a, a a personality problem that she overcame that was like she just got thrown in jail and that's like a hard thing I to suppose. deal with I think that I think if Selena sure. does have any flaws, I, I would argue that her flaws are probably like overconfidence. That seems to be yeah, not... one of her flaws. Like uh, or uh, acting too quickly. Yeah, she seems like, very brash and like um what's the word I'm looking for? Uh impulsive. Like she's really impulsive. impulsive. Yeah. So yeah. Kale gets taken prisoner, right? By yeah. Archer, we learn, and she goes in. I thought she was gonna go for a parlay. <laughs> nah, and like materialize out <laughs> so of the shadows murdered, like Batman and be like murdered drugs. <laughs> she just starts killing. Yeah, right. Totally. They eventually do get to parlay, but like, of course, it's not going to be as good because like eight of the other guys dead dudes are dead. <laughs> so it's like, man, I just she yeah. seems she she needs to be more calculating because yeah, an assassin and, would be. I think that that's one of the reasons why, like, I have a little bit of an issue with just her being like just how amazing, just literally everything is for. I feel like what it is is that 
it's hard for me to kind of like gauge the tone of selena's character and like the yeah it just feels like kind of all over the place where it's like we're murdering people we're eating playing candy piano. we're playing the piano we're yeah. murdering people and it's just like it's and it's like this entire like gigantic spectrum where i feel like i almost feel like i don't know this person now because totally. there's no there's just i have to there's too much to know you know what i mean there's no it she doesn't feel like a character. She feels like kind of a cartoon right now. Yeah, and like uh, badass assassin is a really easy wall to like kind of hide your personality behind. Whenever you're like insecure about something, she just like falls behind this like I'm a super badass assassin, and you're just like okay, but like you're not really being an authentic super badass assa I think it, assassin right now. <laughs> I think it would have been honestly. This is just me, but I think it would have been more interesting if she wasn't the the best assassin in the world, and she was just a random assassin that was at Endovier that Dorian just went to Endovier and like picked a random one. Right, and I got the, kicked you know, out of Assassin's She's like, I only made it two weeks. Sure, or like, something <laughs> like that. We're like, I'm not saying it's because I want her to be bad at stuff. I, I like it when she's good at stuff. I think that what it is is it's like at 18, it's just kind of like, and I have, a, I have a very high tolerance for like unbelievable stuff in fantasy books. But totally. like, this is just like, it's just my cup overfloweth. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, <laughs> yeah. it's just like, okay, oh my God, geez. Um, but at the same time, like we're only two books in and I'm, sure that there's a lot of places to go from where we're at too so oh, there's it's a whatever lot. it was just we like could take over the kingdom rightfully so yeah i mean it was just kind of one of those moments where um like i was excited about the fey thing when it happened i was like this is crazy like and it can Ooh. only happen in like these areas you know like i want to find out more about all this and then a few pages later it's like okay and also she's the last queen of terror said goodbye that's <laughs> right. the end of the book and it's just like <laughs> okay sure i guess oh, like oh right my God. okay um, but I think that maybe if we had had, I mean, we got another six, five books after this, so we got a lot know, of books uh, or six books, I guess, if you count the um, the prequel. So I'm not saying it's like the worst or anything, but uh, definitely got me raising my eyebrows. Like, well, what are we gonna do with this? You know? Yeah. Okay. But, so uh, Sarah Moss, Sarah J. Moss has like, I feel like she was like adjacent to all of the names that she wanted like so so close to so many good names but like didn't actually <laughs> nail, it, nail it like we got like swift snout or whatever the dog and then <laughs> fleetfoot uh, uh, fleetfoot thank you and then we've got baba yak nope baba yellow legs is it going to be the russian witch nope yellow legs like i don't know yeah, I, I just thought, thought it was, was like weird. i thought that was strange lame. baba yellow legs was really weird like what I hated that name yeah, it's yeah. like it doesn't even kind of sound cool. But like, speaking of that, of the the tone like thing, just like what I'm talking about. Like, <laughs> the, 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 that's the that's the tone thing I was talking about before too, where she's just like, she's like, ah, she knows about Dorian, so I'm gonna fucking murder her. You know what I mean? It's just like, jeez, <laughs> dude, like she's just so impulsive dude. and so like. Uh, I but I guess it scene. makes sense. Like I don't know. She's like the only thing that can kill a witch is beheading. And what does the witch have conveniently in her wallet? Listen, no witch worth her salt, whose only way of dying is beheading, is keeping an axe anywhere around <laughs> her caravan. She's got one hanging on the wall, ready to go. <laughs> like, are you kidding? Uh, an axe, my only weakness. <laughs> my only weakness. Yeah, better have one here just in case someone attacks me in my cavern. Okay. Also, th and this is another. This is a world building consistency thing. Like we we're talking about with the magic. Um where there's different types of magics i'm kind of confused it's like is it turned off or is it not are there just different types is there a bunch of variances i don't really know so like a main magic whatever we have this witch baba yellow legs who comes into town as like the witch she's very clearly she's advertising herself as a witch of the carnival but like we had someone murdered earlier for singing a song about magic now we have a witch who's like actively a witch is not only pretending to be a witch but is literally a witch I think that there was something mentioned where the king was like planning on using her for something he, or something. He like wanted that. to like visit her. He had a visit uh, met, uh, planned with her, but he was mad because so he's obviously like in cahoots because she was evil or whatever. What's going on with this king? Yeah, you know? like he, but it was weird that she was so brazenly witchy. I think she know? knew that she was in the king's good graces. Got the green card. Okay, word. I think. I mean, I don't know if that's like specifically or um, said, but Which, I think that was like the impression that I got. You know? Totally, which more fully answers your question earlier of would the king mind if Dorian had magic? Like, I think I don't think he minds if anyone in his power sure. has magic. Yeah, he just absolutely. wants control over magic because it seems like I mean, it said it was like um, people were using it for like their crafts. Like magic was like a huge industry prior to it being erased. Um, and so, yeah, it sounds like he really did a disservice to his kingdom by making it not happen and hoarding it for himself. I want to move on to Nehemia. 
um, which is, I mean, the, the sequence where she dies is very intense. And I think it's a really well-written sequence. I was riveted. I was just reading so fast during all of that, especially Absolutely. with uh, what was going on with Dorian stopping her from killing Kale, or at least seriously injuring Kale. The, her fallout with Kale because of every, I, I, I liked it. I do want to mention, I think it's pretty lame that Sarah J. Moss fridged the only person of color in this book. And for people who don't know what fridging is, it's a literary trope coined by Gail Simone in 1999, describing a trend in fiction which involves female characters facing disproportionate harm, such as death, maiming, or assault, to serve as plot devices to motivate, in this case, male characters, but in this case, uh, in Throne of Glass, it's a female character, but it's the same idea. It's like you're taking a character and basically only using them as a plot device to die so that the other character the main character can grow from that character's death right. and i think that it's a it's a really nuanced conversation like obviously um you know like bruce wayne's parents are fridge technically but like we don't like get to know bruce wayne's but they're parents. Not a character like, in the story yeah like nehemia i was very surprised that she died like in the second I thought book, she was gonna be the bestie i thought she was gonna be in the books for a while and Same. and i think it is pretty like it's it's very heavily implied that nehemia is a person of color and it's in from a region of people of color and it, i think just think i just think it's pretty lame that like to kind of like it was her push forward this yeah it was just pretty She's lame. the only one <laughs> yeah it's it's really lame and i think that you know just to kind of touch on this i mean i have heard a lot of testimonies from a lot of people that this series is definitely pretty whitewashed and it is very heteronormative i'm totally getting that vibe i wanted to like acknowledge it like here on the podcast and just acknowledge that I want to see if it changes. I haven't really heard one way or the other whether it changes. But yeah, I do think I mean, um, it is just kind of lame that Nehemia is pretty much just here to push forward uh, Selena's plot. Which totally, is, to give us something to push us through the hard times. Like, remember yeah. her death? And, and like, yeah. I also didn't like that. I feel like it focused more. And th there was a scene towards the end that I feel like kind of saved this a little bit. But I feel like it focused more on like how it impacted selena's relationship with kale sure. you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, just yeah, like yeah. your best friend Dude, i just mean died like nehemia like, even says like i know when my fate is she even like says like it's okay everybody i'm okay with this <laughs> <laughs> if someone sure, else is having a problem yeah. or hard time because of this you should totally focus on them i'm good i'm good yeah, like i knew i was i was so it was it was so noble of me to <laughs> willingly be butchered in my own bed you know i totally <laughs> knew it was gonna i don't know i saw that was like pretty weak and like i said i think that the scene the actual like line to line like scene of it was pretty interesting and pretty totally compelling but then like after thinking about it more i was just like oh it's like pretty weak sauce you know what i mean and and why did Kale not tell her that he the queen the king was okay, gonna question? This is a big because part like of the whole, he didn't know uh, that she the king was gonna kill her, right? No, okay. So I think that this is at first I was like at first I was like, this is really annoying that this is this dramatic, but then I kind of right. thought about it more and it, it does make sense. So what's going on is essentially um there's a before Nehemia dies and before Kale is taken, uh the king I think tells Kale that he wants to question Nehemia because of this uprising and like Nehemia's involvement with the um the rebel factions coming out of Elway and stuff. Sure, okay. Um, this is all very much tied to Calicalum or whatever that um the the prison is and everything. There's like a lot of plans oh, right. going on with all this. So Kael knows that the king kind of like has his eye on Nehemia, right? Uh and he also knows that there there are plans for questioning and he's the captain of the guard. He should know the questioning doesn't mean that they're gonna like bring her in and give her some tea and like be like hey are you do you just happen to be like starting know. a revolution he was I, pretty bent out of shape when he the first time he killed somebody so he doesn't sound like a torturer either you know what i'm saying though is i think that kale in selena's mind kale was keeping that information from selena in order to not muddy any kind of romantic waters between them you know what i mean like and sure. she and she felt very used and i would too like it totally makes sense that she would feel betrayed by kale in that instance because that is extremely crucial information about one of her best friends and selena is like very much tied into all of this and she was left right. out by the person but i mean she... also Go ahead. he's got like a loyalty to the kingdom which i think is totally ridiculous because the king is like the worst but you know maybe he's we we mo know more than he does so maybe in his world of like blacks and whites or something he can actually logic and reason out like why he has this allegiance and it's like 
I think that's you know, why she kind of softens to him though a little bit more too, because I think that she understands that it wasn't Kale's fault that Nehemia died. But right. It, it is Kale's failing to have not said anything to Selena. I mean, you know he I mean? should have seen this the writing in the wall for sure. Yeah. Um but I do understand what like, you're saying. Like, with. I mean, he 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 has a certain position. You know what I mean? To- like, totally. I, I, yeah. It's like a spy who the, 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 their partner is like mad at them. That they didn't tell like government secrets or something. Cause it might, yeah, there's just a conflict of interest there. It gets pretty yeah. um, blurry though. It seemed a little like she, at one point she's like, you will always be my enemy. Like it's just so dramatic. Like, okay, <laughs> but probably not though. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I, I think I get it in the sense that Nehemia was really, I mean, for the whole first book and a lot of this one, Nehemia was definitely really Selena's only super true pivotal. friend, but yeah. also they got in a huge argument like right before she well, died, did, which I, huh? I think that that kind of like lends a lot to the gravity of the moment that Selena sees her dead is because she knew that that was the last conversation that they had ever had. Right. Uh, so I think that kind of just, it would make me really upset in that moment too. Obviously, even more upset in that moment, I should say. Totally. Uh, no, you're but, not wrong. So uh, speaking of Nehemia and uh, speaking of, uh, all of that and towards the end i thought it was kind of a weird jump for like selena to be like oh we can do portals let's talk to nehemia like immediately i was like wait did we just skip like a whole football field worth of logic right right totally, like you're just gonna totally. jump straight to that like don't you think maybe we should think about this for just like a second before you do that i don't know like dude you got know. magic just like seal the door see the door like oh heat it up melt it into its frame like what <laughs> i don't know people just i, I mean that and that's kind of, kind of cool for it thing. was really cool yeah. but it was just like so like I, I i need some real i need some real explanation as to the different types of magic in there each perspective one which one is allowed which one's not allowed and how what's the extent of they their work can i just like think things into happening he's got telekinesis he's also got heat as well maybe it's like a friction i don't know so you know i would just like to know how the magic is working kind of yeah, I think we're going to have to wait a little bit for that. Probably so, probably so. But I mean, uh, it's not super well explained in Akatar either. So It is really not. And <laughs> that is something I'm kind of keeping as my constant companion through these books is like, Chad, don't get, I mean, sometimes it's fun to die on the hills and it just makes for good content. But like, I don't want to get too stuck up in some of that stuff as this ultimately is going to be a character like Akatar, uh, or excuse me, this is ultimately going to be a story like Akatar about the relationships. Like that's the main, yeah. like the feelings of the book book is more important necessarily than the actual mechanisms uh, and sometimes those mechanisms can be a little clunky to someone who's like but strategically you know <laughs> do you like this more or less than akatar so far i like it more it has yeah, the potential for yeah. yeah yeah i, I like I the too. setting more um i like the character set a little bit more yeah. the problem with akatar is i feel like we get it's very clicky yeah, like, that's a good way of putting it. We're yeah. Really with the same characters and I, and I just don't feel like there's like any diversity of like ideas within yeah, their group, sure. you know. Yeah, I I'm definitely really excited to to move on to Era of Fire. I mean, like we've got Assassin's Blade after this, which is, you know, prequel kind of stuff, which I think will answer a lot of s- smaller questions that we have. Uh, maybe put Selena being so so incredible like into a little bit more light, you know, cuz I'm I'm happy with it. I just want a little bit more like kind of explanation behind some of it i guess totally um but if there's not any of that that's cool too i mean like i'm really here for the ride and i you know i'm i don't really know what's gonna happen i have some small predictions that i kind of want to go do you think she will be queen at the end of this i don't know i almost wouldn't want to see that because it doesn't seem like she's had any any aspiration at all for it but also it would be kind of a cool arc to see it be like this necessity that she's like not that she's a little more reluctant about but like totally it really it has kind of like become the only person that can do it i'd like to see that right, arc like a lot sort of thing, i'm, I'm yeah. kind of into that i would like to see Me something too. like that but i think that a lot of things have to happen i think that her being in Wendelin, is that what it's called the, the Wendelin, yeah yeah uh, i want to see that that's what Me i'm really too. excited about i want to see her comfortable or a place where she can put on her sweatpants and just like hang out with people she trusts you know and see what she's like there because she's be very much cool. at her guard yeah yeah. constantly when she's at the castle you know with very good reason i mean for very good reasons like yeah. i can't stress enough i hate this king like oh my god yeah. <laughs> he's just the worst he's just the worst and uh he's i think just the worst what would be really cool and this is so this is like my big overall prediction i think that the king is gonna die soon 
Like you think next, so? Yeah, in the next like few books, like by like book five, I don't think this king is going to be alive anymore. Okay, so he's not going to be the big baddie of the big bad. No, I think that what's going to happen is that Dorian is probably going to mm. take the throne, and, and either then, either get corrupted or or I think that some kind of like other like, you know, it's been hinted at so much that there are other worlds than these, and I think that there will be some kind of other big bad that Selena and Dorian or Selena and Kale or Selena and the people from Elway or Wendelin or something, they're all going to have to like come together and totally. And he's going to have their, his hook in one of them. Probably Dorian. I think you're right. Maybe, maybe Dorian. That'd be so yeah. interesting. Oh my and God. Like, he's and like, like promote the jealousy inside where he's like, but the King of the throne is mine. He's like, you've always yeah. wanted this, you know, <laughs> I think we're tonguing it up at her side, his side or, Kale could, I mean, because like we might get, we might, we might be looking at a little switcheroo here because we got Kale too early in this series, I think, for it to end up Selena and Kale, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, no, I don't think they're going to end up together. I think Kale's going to die. I think she's going to end up with Sam. I think this lover that we've heard so much about Sam's that died, I think he's coming back, dude. <laughs> he's, know, we've dude, heard too much like, about him. I don't we've heard know, too much. It he's coming like back. He was like, murdered with a capital m dude like it's... yeah it was faked it was <laughs> faked some magic something happened i think he's gonna come maybe. back and i think him and dorian for like a maybe a book are gonna overlap and they're gonna have some major problems with each other dude, that and that's quite the prediction <laughs> and then dorian's gonna die and then she's gonna live happily ever after with sam probably as queen well uh yeah uh, i think that'll do it we did our predictions we did talked about so many different things for this book and uh yeah things are ramping up quite a bit there's still some stuff you know i mean like the everybody's smiling at each other and like every single bit of dialogue here. And like, it's just, there's a, there's just like a few just small things about this where I'm like, Ugh, I don't know. Like the writing is kind of like rubbing up against me the wrong way, but it's very few and far between. I think that Moss is a really, really amazing writer when it comes to immersion, when it comes to description of like action scenes and also like the colors like, on her books are bright. Yeah. And like tying certain plots together. It's like, man, did you think of that? in like the first page of the first book, I mean like, damn, yeah. like, that was, like, really cool how that came back up. Like, I think that, I think yeah, I need to append my, opinion of her for, for including easter eggs in her stories even from akatar i was like reading some stuff and kind of looking into just you know nerding out one day and was being told by content creators who uh, made content about akatar and stuff about little easter eggs that she left in like early books that were yeah, appeared totally. later in later books and it's like that requires a sense of like forethought and kind of yeah. cunning that um you know i don't want to say that i didn't think that her, she was capable of it but i wouldn't say that like in my brain she's like known i don't have her like as the the most daring mysterious and cunning of writers you know it's like no she's a very good um picture painter and making me yeah, feel totally. what's happening in this story you know yeah that's a good way of putting it like i i feel like i'm in there you know what i mean like i really yeah, do yeah. feel a part of this and i think that might be one of the big allures to not just this series but a lot of other ones a lot of other books that moss writes is that you feel like you're a part of what's going on. I mean, that's what I was missing when I was reading something like Faithful in the Fall. And I felt like I was like a bird watching all of this and I just wasn't yeah. like part of it, but I feel sunk in and like right next to these people. So that is a huge strength of Moss's. Um, I do think that, I do hope that the dialogue can kind of shape up to it's kind of more, oh, oh actually we did get a vulgar gesture in this book. We did I, get a we vulgar gesture. Vulgar gesture. I was so I think excited it was... to see it. Dorian? It was I can't remember. It was one of the one of the boys. I was too excited. It was one of the two and they did it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We Hopefully got we have uh, we have more vulgar gestures and more cool plot developments coming up. That's gonna do it for us today, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to our recap and discussion for Crown of Midnight, book two in Throne of Glass. Our next book is going to be Assassin's Blade, which is the prequel uh, novella thing. Like Short five, story compendium. Something like that. Uh, but that is a prequel. We'll be reading that. And then we'll be reading Air of Fire shortly after that. So uh, look forward to that because we certainly are. But everybody, again, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Hope you have an amazing rest of your day. And of course, happy reading. Bye, everybody.